Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Welcome to the Chaos Plan. We are finally starting our group games. These next few episodes are going to be setting up for the actual game itself. These all take place in Port City with small groups and one-on-one individual things that will all culminate up to the group game. We're releasing these on the Homebrew Review as well as Patreon because this is the first episode. We really want to get you hooked and show you exactly what we have planned for this. There's a ton of meta-knowledge and pop culture references and everything else because I love the idea of a world where anything can happen, even very meta things. You will recognize a lot of the enemies and a lot of the themes here, and that's on purpose. We really hope you enjoy what we have planned here, and if it interests you, we hope you will join our Patreon so you can take part in these games as well. Now that we're starting group games, they will be fairly consistent as far as release schedule and recording. And as soon as we get to our $60 a month goal on Patreon, we will be starting up a whole new channel simply for the Chaos Plan. It will become then free on iTunes for anybody that wants to listen to it because we don't want to keep this just to ourselves. This game is a lot of fun, and since our wonderful Patreon members are the ones that are taking part, we want to share that game with all of you listeners out there and hopefully convince you to join the guild as well. D&D is more fun with friends, and we would love to make more as we play these games together. If you have any questions at all, please check out our website, theadventuringguild.com, and on the top menu bar, you can find the Chaos Plan, all of our player information, including introductions of who has already appeared on the show, as well as maps, downloads, house rules, the calendar, and adventure log are all on that website. We, of course, are using Obsidian Portal as well, and we will slowly be integrating the two sites together to create a easy-to-navigate page for all of you to see. Once again, thank you guys very, very much for listening to this. We are so happy that we are finally at the point where we can bring this to you as a guild. And thank you, guild members, for taking part. You are all busting your butts to help get this show off the ground, and I am eternally grateful to all of you. So I believe that's enough talking, and let's continue with the show. This episode is with Brayden playing Danderbin. All right, then. Uh, any uh, questions or starting stuff you need to do? I know we said that you ended up getting that 30 gold pieces uh, because you were lower than that. Uh, and same thing with everybody. If you have less than 30 gold pieces in your inventory, bring it up to 30. Or add 30 to what you currently have. I'm a rich halfling. I have <laughs> 75 gold. Awesome. I did just sell nearly all of my possessions, so uh, that is a thing. Yeah, that makes up for it. So, um, the crew wishes you well um, as you depart into Port City itself, and a lot of the folks are very, very wary of your steeder, and your steeder is obviously very wary of everybody around it. It is not the most social of animals, despite being a pack beast, especially since it's very glaring here for it, uh, despite the fact that you arrived early morning on the uh, 16th of planting. You can tell that there's something going on here because of the amount of people running around the dock areas uh, hauling 
all sorts of weird plants and pots and um, carrying around strange decorations and that kind of stuff. You can tell something is happening, and your cedar is definitely getting nervous. You would know where the um, Merchant's Guild is here, and it's basically, and unfortunately, right smack dab in the center of the Trade District, which is going to very obviously be pretty packed full of individuals. Um, being early morning, uh, you know that it's probably going to be a bit too busy to try and force your way through the trade area right now, kind of in a rush hour, for lack of a better term. But after a few hours, it'll slow down a little bit. What would you do to kill a little bit of time before heading to the Merchant's Guild? Well, looking around and seeing Ladybug be so distressed, I would put my hand down on her gently and say, uh, everything's going to be okay, Ladybug. No worries. And I'd just <laughs> continue stroking her. Then I'd see a wood elf looking very suspicious walking around me in a large circle and <laughs> before, <laughs> before just continuing to calm uh, uh, I may then try and find like somewhere I could like um, a stable of, or some sort. Okay, yeah. Um, coming right off of the ships, there would be a rudimentary stables uh, kind of right near the water. It's not the best equipped in the world, but it, it works as a temporary housing location until you're able to get something a little bit more permanent and a little bit nicer to kind of... Basically, it's it's for all of those animals that are sick and tired of being on boats, uh, having come from wherever they did. Uh, it's a place for them to bed down and get a little bit of feed before uh, returning. Uh, and believe it or not, they do have uh, live carcasses, or not live carcasses, but they do have freshly killed carcasses um, uh, for feed, because Ladybug, I doubt, is vegetarian. Um, so She very much enjoys the, the dead creatures. Yes, uh, uh, just to stay with uh, Stygius's theme here, or with Micah's theme here, it is definitely a goat. Uh, freshly slaughtered goat is what uh, <laughs> it has been given. <laughs> So you uh, leave Ladybug there. Would you leave your pack and your supplies and all that kind of stuff with Ladybug, or would you kind of carry some of your wares uh, with you as you go explore? I have a bag of holding, I believe. Oh, yes, so that's I'll right. I'll keep really everything in there and just make my way off, looking like I don't have much on me. Okay, yeah. And being aware of pickpockets, I'd, I'd be uh, yeah, very guarded of all my things. Okay, uh, would you cut through kind of the um, the busier festive part of the town, or would you kind of stay away from the crowds a little bit? Um, the festive area, you can see, and they were making fun of me last night for this, but it's very much what you'd picture an anime cultural festival to be. Just all sorts of put-together, bright, colorful stands full of all sorts of foods and, and trinkets and games and tons and tons of people all around. Otherwise, you are more than welcome to cut through more of the residential district or some of the more, uh, kind of like the warehousey type district where all of the goods would be unloaded after um, getting off of these ships. That uh, festival sounds from Dandipin would be very, but he'd definitely go there. Okay, uh, so as you are continuing uh, through this, this festive area, all variety of individuals is here, every race that you can imagine, as well as some that you're pretty sure would break your mind if you stare too long at, uh, are all represented here, and all sorts of games and foods and merchants are just lining 
uh, the main pathway here going into the center of town. Uh, would you indulge in any of the uh, food, games? Would you seek out merchants? Um, or would you just kind of people watch? What all would you do here? Uh, I'd like to find like a general trader or something along those lines. Okay, yeah, you get up, you get up to where um, many of the traders are and you see there are all varieties of merchants. Let me roll here to see... Okay, you find a, um, a dwarven individual who seems to have a very extensive collection of items all out on a large stall um, right out front here, and you can hear him grumbling about a strange satyr that keeps playing music uh, just, you know, 30 feet, 40 feet away from where his stall is, kind of right near this green patch of... Uh, uh, stuff, and uh, uh, he's, the satyr right now uh, is currently talking to a uh, gnome individual with a very fashionable fedora currently propped on his head. Uh, so you approach this dwarf, what all would you uh, be in the market for? He's a very no-nonsense um, individual and has on in common a sign right out front of his stall that says, grab what you want and ask the price. I would definitely ask... Um uh, do you have any chains or locks or perhaps glue or bear traps? Yeah, he would grumble a little bit and say, I I got the chains there at the other end of the stall and for glue, he pulls out a uh, three different sized bottles. One would be um, a small vial, one would be kind of more of a flask, and one would be like what you'd picture alcohol to come into beer, ale, uh, a larger bottle that size. Um... And he says, for locks, they're on with the chains. And uh, what was the last thing he asked for? Oh, bear traps? Uh, bear trap. He'd uh, pull out one and he said, this is the only one that we have left. Oh, how much for all of this, my friend? You're Merchant's Guild, aren't you? Yes. So he'll, he sees the, would you have like a pin or a amulet or some sort of distinction that you're with the Merchant's Guild? Or would you tell him that you're with the Merchant's? Um, you know what? I probably wouldn't even tell him. Okay. I just accept the regular price. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which size bottle of glue would you want? What the I'm smallest one? Three. You'll tow. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> um, he he definitely perks up at that at the the sign of a bigger sale. He's like, I'll give you the entire lot. Uh, oh, everything that you want for a measly. And he scratches his beard and looks put upon. Uh, seven gold pieces. Seems fair, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he 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 takes it and, and he looks a little bit uh, dumbfounded that there was no arguing at all, and 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 you can tell that he's having some sort of internal struggle with himself, and he's like, and, and he goes ahead and he reaches underneath the table and he pulls out fifty foot of very nice silken rope, and he says, "Take this too." I. I uh, just, just take it. You're, you're too innocent to be here. Too trusting. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> okay. And he says, and if you want to do me a favor, you can tie up that damned satyr. It looks like he's getting ready to start playing his damn flute again. And uh, he grumbles a little bit as he goes back to working on his stall. You can see that a, a tall, human-ish-looking individual 
is uh, leading a very frazzled-looking gnome, I can't think of a better term for it, carrying an exquisite pair of emerald green leaf-colored boots um, and walking further on down towards the festival. Uh, The satyr picks up his pan flute and begins playing for a small gathering of children. Would you visit the satyr at all, or do you want to keep exploring? I'd like to look at those boots. Can I follow after them? Yeah, you follow after them, and you see that they um, get further on into the festival, and the gnome sits down at uh, some point and puts these boots on and kind of walks around a little bit, and you don't hear any footfalls at all. And you can see that uh, he even kind of gathers up some small twigs and stuff around him and uh, starts walking on the twigs. And even though the twigs are snapping, you still can't really hear anything. I raise my hand and put it side of my head using my telepathy to say to the gnomes how much do you want for them? Barnaby, hop into this. You're now involved. Uh, Well, first of all, telepathy, I don't know where that's coming from. So I'm just going to immediately look around like, the hell's going on? (laughs) You'd see a a halfling standing directly in the center of that thoroughfare, just staring directly at you with his hand on the side of his head. Ugh. Hey, how you doing? Uh, well, so, uh, thing is, um, uh, just got these boots, and given the price, I don't know that I'm willing to get rid of them. Ooh, where'd you get them, exactly? Uh, Seder, really weird Seder, wanted to know my name, um, gave him my name, now I regret it. And what exactly was your name? Oh, God! Mm. <laughs> You can you, you can say your name, Barnaby, without actually saying it. You, what, what, what if it's the Seder? Nice. <laughs> oh. I'll, 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 I'll still just set up on the shoulder. Just, it's all right, Barnaby. Yes, uh, my na- my name's Barnaby. I'm. Uh, I'm an archaeologist. I work here in the port city and around surrounding areas. I find treasure, and I thought the boots would help with uh, navigating, you know, archaeological digs and tombs and whatnot. And uh, I'm a little frazzled about the whole deal. <laughs> this has been. A, this is actually. I know you just met me and all, but this has been a rough day. <laughs> oh, sorry to hear that. Um. Uh, I- you said you like navigating and things. Are you looking for a navigator? Well, I do quite a bit of the navigating myself, but I'm more akin to uh, tombs and, like, structures. Are, are you good at navigating the wilderness? Yes. That's one place where I'm lacking. I could definitely benefit from having someone show me around forested areas. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I charge a hefty fee of one gold a week. <laughs> Check my coin purse. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys would have inside knowledge um, because there's lots of these advertisements around the uh, Mages Guild that that hefty fee is about ten times less than what it normally is. Normally it's one oh, gold okay. a day. That seems more than fair. Is it, do you have your sp- spider with you? Is, is your spider right there? I okay. would say that. Do you have an aversion to spiders of any kind? Uh, uh mainly just rats and snakes. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Of course you do. I'm sorry for ignoring you, my friend. Uh, what is your name? Oh, think nothing of it, but you can call me Clark. Fine. Oh, well, I should introduce myself. I'm Danderbin, but uh, my friends back home just call me Dan. Pleasure to meet you, Dan. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you. I'm still just like I'm still showing off kind of a heavy just a weight on me this <laughs> the day has been rough so I'll be kind of when, when not directly involved in conversation I'll just kind of be like staring off into space just like pondering the universe <laughs> okay so after you guys are chatting for a little bit you would uh, look up at the sky uh, dandy and um, you would notice that it is getting to be between morning and noon, so it would be kind of midday. You know that it's going to kind of get rushed again once you get into more of the lunch hour. So if you were to head towards the Merchant's Guild, now would be the best time to avoid the crowds that are going to be milling around. Uh, Would you start making your way back towards then, wishing your friends farewell and agreeing to come see them tomorrow? Yes, yeah, I'd give them a handshake and try to collect my first week's <laughs> pay in advance. <laughs> <laughs> the man. Do, do we know do we know that we're actually going to be getting assigned a mission from the guild at all? Or You would know that it could happen at any point, but the guild doesn't actually tie you to it. Um, and you never know when your next dig or where your next dig is going to be. So it's always probably good to have a guide on retainer, if nothing else. Actually, I was just going to say that, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and toss him a, a gold piece and tell him that due to the uh, the randomness of my assignments and never quite knowing when I'm going to be aware that uh, I'll definitely offer him this to have him on retainer. Okay. Oh, perfect. No problem at all. Where, where would you be staying? Where, where could I find you if I needed to obtain your assistance? Well, this is about my second hour here in town. Just, I guess, listen out and search for the giant spider thing <laughs> around and you'll find it. <laughs> Fair enough. So you leave the festival and you begin backtracking back up through that area and you see uh, the satyr is just finishing up some sort of song, very bouncy, playful song, and uh, kind of looks over to you and gives you a, a bit of a, a nod for lack of a better term. Would you approach him at all? Yeah, I just put my hand on the side of my head and say to him telepathically, uh, do you have any more green boots? He would say, ah, unfortunately, that is the only pair of green boots that I had available. And he's replied, he didn't even, like, miss a note in the song as it's slowly coming to its conclusion. Um, And he replies back in a very melodic uh, uh, voice, for lack of a better term. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any boots, but I can tell that you are an individual that is more dexterous, more closely related to us in the manner of attitude than our boot-wearing friend. I do have some wonderful items that you might be interested in. Let me finish my song in five, four, three, two, one. And you even hear that singing in your head. And then he slowly comes to conclusion. He kind of shoos away the children and says, I'll be playing again in just a wee moment. And uh, he approaches you very, with a, a very noticeable bounce in his step. Applaud. Okay. He gives a very theatrical bow and uh, stands back up 
And when he does, you can see that his pan flute all of a sudden disappeared, and he's wearing a very large satchel on his back that wasn't there previously. Um, he says, So what can I interest you in? I have a variety of very wonderful items here. And, and don't worry, I don't accept coin. Coin is not of any use to me. I, I simply ask a small boon to be given, a small favor to be given uh, in exchange for these items. I have, I have bags of, of, also of creatures. You reach in, pull out creatures of all variety. I have, I have some bracers that will allow you to shoot an arrow or a sling. Uh, uh, through the trunk of any tree, I have gloves that will make you the most dexterous individual in the world. I have rings that allow you to communicate with all manner of beasts. And and if you're interested, I can even get you powers uh, from the Fae, uh, wonderful powers to, that, that will make you an individual of great ability. Uh, what, what, what can I interest you in? Tell me more about these deals with Fae. Oh, yes. I, I I happen to be a fae myself. I, I know the satyr was a dead giveaway. Uh, but I, I I happen to know several individuals that would be willing to, to make a pact with you, to give you uh, abilities beyond what you could do yourself, to loan you a, a small modicum of their power. And, and I will only ask of you three small boons. I, I will even tell you, in the in the effort of fairness, I will tell you two of the boons up front. You won't tell me the third. I have to hold something. You, I can tell that you are a, a shrewd business dealer as well. You don't lay all your cards out in front at, at the beginning, obviously. Mm. Uh, just to sweeten the deal, I will require of you... A simple lock of your hair, as, as thinning as it may be, and he chuckles a little bit about that. Um, I, a simple lock of your hair uh, for the first small boon. Um, the second boon that I would ask of you is to be my friend. There are so few that have a sense of humor such as yours. A simple handshake and an agreement to, to be my friend uh, will do for the second boon. And I swear to you, the third will not harm a single soul. And you would know that the third... Fe- uh-huh, go ahead. Can I try and see if he's being truthful? Yeah, you would have uh, knowledge enough uh, as a merchant, having made deals with all sorts of individuals. The Fae literally cannot lie. They are 100% bound by anything they say. Whoa, this sounds like a great deal. I, uh and say, uh, oh my, what's that? Uh, what, what do you say to him? Sorry. I, I point, I put my finger on his chest and I say, oh, what's this? And he looks down at your finger. What? I, I poke him in the nose. <laughs> oh, he, he chuckles and rolls on the ground with laughter and says, oh, I knew that you were the right person to approach. The the gentleman with the boots was only willing to, to do me one small favor, but I can tell that you you are are more than a willing individual to, to become a little bit more like us. Am I correct? Like... I turn around briefly, like gritting my teeth, and say under my breath, uh, have some fun. And then he turns around and, like, just nods at him reluctantly. Okay, so the satyr 
Uh, he didn't catch uh, you turning around. He was too busy still laughing at himself. But he holds out his hand and says, Do we have an agreement? 100% yes. <laughs> and I give my hand. Okay, you shake his hand. As you shake his hand, everything begins spinning around you. This tornado of, of leaves and grasses and everything around you just parts. And you are standing in a very vast clearing. Um, he says, oh, that's wonderful. And as you look upon this merchant and you pull your hand away from that handshake, um, you can see that already in his other hand is a small lock of your hair uh, tied with a um, blade of grass or a stem from a flower, something very natural like that. And, and as you look at him, you definitely regard him as a friend. Uh, 100% meta knowledge, you are now permanently charmed by this merchant. So you're one permanently charmed, um, and it is virtually undetectable. And for the last thing, what are your proficiencies in instruments and artisan tools? I am proficient in cartographer's tools and glassblower's tools. He would say, Oh, this talent will do me so much good. And you realize. Thinking back, you don't remember how to blow glass anymore. So you lose your proficiency in glass blowing tools. Okay. All right. Um, so as you look around, um, you see in this clearing, there are a vast number of beings all surrounding you. You see kind of the upper echelon of the Arch Fey. Um, you see a really dark, shadowy-looking woman uh, with raven-black straight hair. Uh, you see a horned, centaur-looking individual uh, of great power. You see a, a very breathtakingly beautiful, green-haired dryad standing there. You see a, a individual wearing the skull of a deer, kind of as a mask, and uh, he is uh, pulling on a bow, uh, restringing it. Uh, you also see a cold, frost-covered uh, woman uh, with white hair, absolutely breathtakingly beautiful, but but distant all the same. And uh, the satyr kind of clops back a little bit and says, And before you lay your choices, whose favor do you seek? If you want to roll me an insight check, a history check, or an arcana check to determine who these individuals are and what they are doing, uh, just tell me which of those roles you are doing and we will work through them. I got an insight for 18. Insight. You can tell the shadowy looking woman is uh, probably a shadow fae, um, a fae of the shadows. You would know that they are very reminiscent of the Raven Queen's abilities, darker fae. A lot more brutal than some of their other brethren. They belong to the uh, kind of. They have a dual membership with the Wild Fey and the um, Unseelie Court. They're kind of a an outlier. You can tell the the very large individual. You believe that he is uh, Cenaris, kind of a a god of sorts, for lack of a better term. He's a patron, but basically a god of wild nature. You would know that the breathtaking dryad-looking woman is uh, Titania, the queen of the Seelie Court. 
you would know that the uh, individual with the mask on would be the uh, leader of the Wild Hunt. You would uh, know him as the Earl King, stringing a bow, a leader of the Wild Hunt. And the cold, icy-looking woman would be Mab, Queen Mab of the Unseelie Court. And tell me, which of these fae would be looking the most friendly towards me? The most friendly would be, if you mean in... uh, The most friendly would be the Earl King in kind of a... He would look at you and assess you for... Uh, what you could do, what what your talents are, and he would respectfully um, notice those things about you and acknowledge them. Uh, Titania would probably be right up there as well as being a very jovial, not necessarily bubbly, but a more happy and bright person. Um, the others would look more serious. I'll, no, I'll go straight to Titania. Okay. Did not expect to make <laughs> uh, a warlock uh, turn Dandavin into a warlock, but hey, it's <laughs> um, you, you barely remember uh, the entire conversation that you had with her because she was very overwhelming in her presence. But uh, you do remember that she shook your hand at one point, and she said she gave you a choice, and she gave you two gold leaves. Um, one of these gold leaves is very, it, it, it looks more like a realistic leaf wood, a very, it, though it has a gold hue, uh, it looks more like a fall colored leaf, whereas the other leaf is definitely, um, a fake leaf, but a gold plated almost. And she says, choose which of these that you will keep. And I will either be your personal patron, you serving directly under me or, uh, and that would be the realistic leaf uh, she handed to you, and then the um, gold-plated one, uh, she would say, or you can be a member of the courts themselves and and take part, uh, uh, taking a little bit of power from all of us uh, until you decide to make a decision permanently for one or the other. We will not ask that of you now. Uh, which do you choose? The gold leaf. Okay. She says, Ah, then wonderful. You are a servant of all of us, then. Uh, I will pay special attention to you, of course, and you will always be in my favor, more so than the others. But this is a gift for you. Uh, And you see before you a whole variety of objects. You see a leather grip. Um, that uh, attaches to a weapon of sorts. You see a sheath of living wood, a scarf made of mists, and a braided bowstring. And then she points to the middle selection, and you see a ring, an amulet, a bracelet, a circulet, uh, earrings or a nose ring, some sort of piercing ring, and spectacles. And then for the third group, she shows you an hourglass, a book, a pouch, and a musical instrument of shifting quality. Which of those would draw you the most? Hmm. I'd probably look towards the pouch or the hourglass. Okay, she says, ha, I can tell that you're a little bit less predictable than what would originally be expected. This hourglass will allow you simply carrying it on your person, and she, as she holds it up, 
you see that it is a normal-sized hourglass, uh, large enough to be about two hands tall, about a hand wide, um, and it slowly shrinks uh, and then grows back. And as it shrunk, it got down to about the size of what you could hang on a pendant uh, comfortably. She says, this hourglass will let you get kind of a leg up against your foes. Uh, And because I am the one that is favoring you right now, you would also be protected some from the scar- from the scorching fires that could overwhelm you. And this pouch, and she grabs the pouch with the other hand, uh, the pouch, even though it is definitely made of a leathery type material, it has leaves and uh, vines for a drawstring that appear to be very much a living plant. She says, and this wonderful item is an item of chaos. When you reach into it, anything can happen. It does have a limited use, though. Uh, At this point, you would only be able to draw from it two times a day, but anything can come out of it. Uh, And she reaches in and pulls out a small mouse uh, that squeaks a little bit, and she sets it onto the ground as it scurries away. Uh, She says, don't worry, it every uh, day at or every morning it will recharge its abilities. And once again, because I am favoring you, this pouch will also shield you from some of the scorching fires that you may encounter. Say, uh, I would definitely like the pouch, please. Okay, The all the other items disappear, and she hands you this pouch. And you are led away from the uh, clearing, and as such, you also kind of get a weird feeling. You're not quite sure uh, what's going on. Go ahead and roll me a d6. Six. Six. Oh, God. Roll a d6 two more times. (laughs) One. and what was the other one? Uh, Six and a one. Okay. The six, we're going to go ahead. I'm not going to make you re-roll again. Um, So the six, uh, we're going to go ahead and just drop it one down to a five. So you feel, uh, do you have anything made of iron um, on your person right now, like a necklace or anything touching your skin physically? Oh, I'd say I'd have, most of my things would be within my uh, bag of holding, but I'd say I probably have like a belt buckle or something those ones. Yeah, where your belt buckle, your hand kind of brushes over the belt buckle as you're attaching the pouch to your side. And and it, it it itches really bad. It almost felt like it burned for a second when you when you touched that belt buckle, uh, and and it was really odd. And as you were walking back to the clearing, you passed by a tree, and you're like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And and then like, you don't know why you said that. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you are back in the wild area with the satyr cackling to himself as he slaps you on the back and begins playing for um, children once again. So your flaw, you have two flaws, and you will have these flaws for the next two days. Uh, You cannot touch anything made out of iron without great discomfort uh, or slight pain, and you greet all large plants that you see. Perfect. All right, and then I will go ahead and I will send you this um, patron information here in just a moment. So then, uh, would you continue on to the Mages Guild? Uh, the merchants? Uh, merchants, yes, excuse me. Okay, yeah, you uh, continue on to the Merchants Guild, and you arrive, and you've said hello to everything, any bush or tree that's taller than you are, and you get to the Merchants Guild very confused and um, are able to 
at this point it's getting very close to evening hours, you're able to secure lodging for yourself and your steeder. Um, they tell you that, well, you're welcome to sleep in the stables with your steeder if you want. Otherwise, we have a room right adjoining to the stables. You can see your steeder right from there uh, if you'd prefer. And he gives you the key to the room just in case you want to and gets you all set up with all the accommodations that you need. He would suggest, since you kind of have a puzzled look on your face uh, and are having these weird behaviors, you even grant, uh, said hello to one of the plants that was sitting next to the Merchant's Guild, the kind of, you know, greenery inside the building. Uh, you said hello to one of those plants, and he kind of looks at you funny and suggests you visit the Mage's Guild tomorrow to figure out what's going on. Maybe you're right, yes. That could be a good idea. <laughs> okay. So you're able to finish off the day getting rest that you need, having a warm meal, and uh, tomorrow morning, first thing, I'm assuming you head to the Mage's Guild, correct? Yeah, yeah I would. Okay. We will go ahead and end here. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. We really hope that you enjoyed it, and since we are doing group games now, we are going to very quickly start getting episodes out there on a regular basis. If you want to take part, please visit Patreon, donate the $2 a month, and you can get in on this guaranteed. We already have the next batch of players getting ready to go for the next game, and we're already looking at the different DMs that are going to be taking part. Both Braden and Mike have committed to doing games so far. So if you want to get in on that action, please, please just join our Patreon. Thank you, and we hope to see you next game.